Thank you, Lord. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, into this building, into our lives, into these moments, God, to do whatever it is that you want to do. And God, would you do what only you can do? Lord, I thank you for who you are. I thank you, Lord, that the Spirit of the Lord was upon you, and therefore we can also walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, that you don't just anoint churches or organizations or programs, but people. And thank you that we get to be a temple of your presence this year, here and now. So uh, if we're your temple, you're welcome to dwell in us. Would you do something amazing this morning? Lord, would you speak your word to our hearts? I pray that every single person in here would leave different than the way they showed up including me, Jesus. Thank you that we can come with that kind of anticipation. We love you, we love you, we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, 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 amen. Go ahead and uh, take a seat and give somebody a high five. There you go. They left me a present up here, this one. How's everybody doing this morning? Excuse me. Go ahead and pull out your Bibles real quick. Pull out your Bibles. Hey, Noah. Just a little technical difficulties. No big deal. We can make it through that, right? Yeah. All right, go ahead and open up to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. Guys, this is Noah if you haven't met him, and he's amazing. So everybody say thank you, Noah. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Joshua chapter 1 is where we are going to be this morning. Uh, Joshua chapter 1, I'm going to open up to it as well. You guys want to start right off reading the verses? Should we start there? Just start with the Bible right off the bat? Yes. All right. It's going to be one of those kind of mornings. If my voice holds up, I plan on getting loud, and uh, I'm encouraged about what we had to share this morning. So I'm excited to do it with you. I encourage you to participate with me, but even if you don't, I'm going into what God has for us this year, all right? Come on. All right, Joshua chapter 1. Everybody put a smile on your face yet this morning? Let me see one from everybody. There we go. Praise the Lord. It's cold, but we can still smile. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1, 1 through 9. Here we go. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Somebody say, arise. Ooh, I like that word. Go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place, say every place, that the sole of your foot will tread, say will tread, I have given you, just as I promised to Moses, from the wilderness in this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. Say Euphrates. Euphrates. It's just fun. All the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Thank you, Jesus. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law uh, that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may have good success. Anybody want good success? Okay, me and my sister do. <laughs> Wherever you go, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then I will, you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. There it is again. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God, say my God, my God. 
My God is, woo, there it is. My God is with you wherever you go. Amen. Joshua chapter 1, ladies and gentlemen. That's a good word right there. I'm excited for this year. I'm excited because it's our first time together in the new year. I think we all know that this is a common time to set new goals. We call them New Year's resolutions. And that's all great and that's all fine and good. I think goals are good and I like coming up with stuff. But I think a great practice to have in our own life is asking God, Lord, what do you have for this year? I don't want to just come up with my own goals, but God, what are you saying? Where are you taking us? Where are you leading us? And in my personal life, and as I've been uh, praying for you guys over the last uh, month or six weeks or so, and asking God, Lord, what do you have uh, for, for me personally, but also for our church, where are you taking us? God's been speaking a lot to me out of these verses, Joshua 1, 1 through 9. And I believe that he has a great encouragement to give us for the year 2017. Do you want to be encouraged heading into 2017? Okay, well, we're going to go there then. We're going to get encouraged by the Lord. And... I'm probably going to do that a lot this morning. I can tell already. That right there. So stick with me. Will you stick with me? Cool. This was going to be one sermon. This was going to be just this week, and then we're going to move on to some other things. But as I started digging into it, I realized that's not fair. That's not fair to do that. It's not fair to do that to you. Because I know you you are hungry for more than a one week word from God. That's what I know about you. And that's what I know. I was, I was praying, God, this is going to be a one-week sermon. But if I know my church, I know that they're, uh, they're hungry for more than just another year. They're hungry for more than just a nice New Year's sermon. Am I right? Was I right in my prayers? And that I know that you are hungry for more in 2017. So we're going to take three weeks. This is going to be one sermon. Thank you. This was going to be one sermon, but instead I just took the three main points and we're going to do one a week because it's, uh, God's got a lot to say. So are you guys hungry for that? Yeah. Good, good, good. Well, the three weeks that we're going to be talking about under this one kind of umbrella thought, we're moving in. Say, we're moving in. Tap your neighbor and say, you're moving in. You're moving in. And tap your other neighbor and say, I'm moving in. I'm moving in. We're, we're moving in. We're moving in. And uh, that's an encouraging word for us, and we want to dig into that this morning. We're moving in. I'm moving in. Is there anybody here? Okay, good. We got a we. We've got a few of us. It is we indeed. Hallelujah. We're moving in. Has anybody ever moved before? It's like, you know, you're like, yeah, well, you know, it was awesome, but it was also kind of annoying. (laughs) Moving takes a lot. It takes a lot. You got to pack stuff up. You got to move stuff. It's exciting because you're going somewhere. It's sad because you're leaving somewhere. It's not always sad that you're leaving somewhere. Somebody say amen. amen. Sometimes it's good to leave where you've been. That'll preach too. <laughs> Heather and I have moved quite a bit uh, in, our, in our marriage. We've been married four and a half years. We've lived in three houses in three cities in two states. And one of those states being Indiana, which I'm pretty sure our last state, Texas, doesn't even know exists. But it is what it is. So that's a lot of moving. It's not, it's not a lot for some of you. It's, you know, it's a lot for us. So we're, we're very familiar with moving. And as we head into 2017, personally, we've been talking about this. And, and as a church, this is for us this morning. I believe that as we head into 2017, that we've got options. We've got options. Look at your neighbor and say, you've got options. You've got options. You've got options. Are there any married people in the room? Raise your hand, many married people. Look at your option and say, I made a good choice. <laughs> We've got options. We've got options this year. You've got, you've got two options the way I see it. The way I see it for us, we can, we can move through this year. 
We can move through this year like it's just another year. We can move through as another January, as another February, as another year. We can move through this year and we'll just kind of see what happens. I hope I make it through this year. Anybody ever said, I just, I just hope I make it through? We've got an option. We can make it through this year or we can move in to this year. We can move into this year. We can go into this year with some purpose. We can go into this year with some direction. We can move in with some vision, some anticipation. Not ready to just pass through this year and hope for the best. But to move in with faith and take up residence in what God wants to do in us and through us in this church, in this city, and in our world this year. We have an option that we can move through and try to make it through. Or we can move in and make it home. We can move in. I need you to believe this morning, if you're going to be a part of this church this year, that God is leading you. He has not left you. No matter what 2016 looked like or felt like or acted like or whatever it was or whatever it wasn't, God is good. He is alive. He loves you. Somebody say, He loves me. He loves me, and he is moving, God is moving, and he is moving you into his promises this year, 2017. We're moving in to the promise of God. Come on, somebody. I told you, it's one of those mornings. It's going to be good. We're moving in this year. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this. It says, I know I have, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future, say a future. 2017 is coming. It is in your future, and God has plans for your future this year. All right, he's got a future and a hope. Somebody say, I have a hope. I have a hope. He's got plans for you. And though you may not, not, may not know where you're going this year, God has been there and he has planned it out for you. You may not know where you are going, but God has already been there. And he's got plans for you. Ephesians 2.10 says this as well. It says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Not we'll see works. We're not... Not hopefully something good happens works. Good works which God, God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Not through them. We're going to walk in them. We're going to move in the good works that God has prepared for us this year. Somebody say amen. It's, go, it's a morning of just agreement. That's all you need to do this morning is say, yeah, I'm going to take it. I'm just going to take it. So this is only point one, you see. So we'll, maybe we'll get to some doing stuff later in the next couple of weeks. But it's just point one. So yeah, come on. I like that. Anybody like that? <laughs> oh, man, I love it. The cool thing about these verses is that they're not just, uh, you know, nice fortune cookie thoughts. You know? Oh, it's going to be a good year. They're not just... Uh, fortune cookie thoughts. These are promises from the God of the universe. And when he makes a promise, he intends to keep it. He intends to keep it. And uh, I don't know, this may even sound really new to you, this whole getting promises from God. It may not be new to you no matter where you're coming from. If you are uh, created in God's image, which you are, there are promises that God has made over your life. And this year, we're moving in. We're moving in to the promises of God this year. In Joshua chapter 1 that we just read, the people of God have been carrying a promise 
for a long time. And God in Joshua 1, 1 through 9 is saying, I know the promise that you've been carrying for a long time. Now I want to invite you to move in to it. You've been carrying it. It's time to move in to it. Say we're moving in. We're moving in. In 2017, as the people of God, similar to the people of God in Joshua chapter 1, we're carrying promises. Maybe you're carrying something that God's promised. Maybe you're carrying a dream. Maybe you're carrying the promise that you're just carrying pain, but God said he's going to heal it, and it doesn't look like it's been healed yet. Maybe you're carrying a promise this year, but God, and God has spoken it to you through his word and things he has spoken to you personally. You're carrying a promise, and I believe it's going to be a year, 2017, where we, can, we have to stop carrying some stuff and we move in to some stuff. So that means we're changing our address. And you got to change your driver's license when you move. So there's going to be some identity change this year. You're not going to be who you were. Come on. Don't make me get preaching on it like more than I'm planning on. You're going to change your address. It means that don't, you don't live in some of the pain that you used to live in. You don't live in some of the habits you used to live in. You don't live in some of the kingdom of this world that you used to live in. We're going to preach the gospel of the kingdom. And we're not going to do it with our selfish ambition maybe that we used to live in in the past. But we're going to move in and make others great. We're moving in. We're moving in. We're moving in. And in this... Three-part sermon, I'm going to give you my first part as the title for this morning. So the titles for the next three weeks, they all start with the letter P. So I'm thinking about you, just trying to help. It's making it easy to remember. I didn't even try that hard. It just kind of happened, you know. So we're going to get you really used to the letter P. That's why I was doing this. I'm like, that's a lot of, that's a lot of P's. That's a lot of P's. First thing this morning, God has promises for us this year. We're moving in to this year, so it's time to possess the promise. Possess the promise. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to possess the promise. I'm going to possess the promise. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Possess the promise. I'm going to read the first five verses of Joshua 1 again. That's where we're going to spend our time this morning. I'm having fun. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. It's time to move in. Right? Go. Arise. Go. Go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread, you will tread because you're moving. You're moving in, so you're going to tread on some new ground, but don't be scared because every place the sole of your foot will tread, come on, I have given you because I have been there before. I have promised it to you. All right. From the wilderness in this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man, no matter what he or she might look like, be like, act like, have the power to do, shall be able to stand before you. All the days of your life, no matter what pain they caused you, they can no longer stand before you because it's in the past and I've taken care of the past and you're moving into the future and I have plans for your future. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you, though you're leaving where you've been. You're leaving what you know. You're leaving what you're comfortable with. I will not leave you or forsake you. Woo! 
I'm ready for 2017. I'm ready for 2017. I'm, I'm just encouraged because I, I want this and I need it. This isn't just a hype sermon to me. This is, Lord, this is everything. We've got to have it this year because there's people around us that need it. In Joshua chapter 1, God um, and the nation of Israel are having, they're having a massive moment, a massive moment. It's a big transition moment. Can you say transition while I take a sip? God's trying to move the Israelites. Say, move. But the significance of this moment is not just that God's trying to get them to move. It's not just move in the sense of motion because they've been moving. They've been moving. For the last 40 years, if you don't know a little bit of biblical history, we're going to give you a good small dose of it this morning. So we're going to just bring you right up to speed. For the last 40 years, the, the people of Israel have been wandering around a desert. So God isn't just looking for them to move in the sense of initiating motion. He's not just looking for motion. It's bigger than moving in the sense of motion. God is looking to transition them. Not just have them go in motion, but to transition them from one place to another. He's trying to transition them from moving through the desert they have been in to move into the promises that he has made to them. And sometimes we're moving so much that we don't move the way we're supposed to be moving. Sometimes we get caught up in so much motion that we forget to transition. Because they've been moving around within the borders of a desert. It's not the motion that's the problem. It's the direction that they're moving. Because you can go in circles and move all day long but never transition anywhere. It's not just a moment to get them to move. It's a moment of transition. From moving through, around, inside, looping in the desert, moving in to the promises that he made to them. I believe that some of you maybe have been moving through some stuff for a long time. You've been moving through some stuff. Maybe it's your own decisions. Maybe it's somebody else's decisions. Maybe you feel like you control it. You can control it. Maybe you feel like you can't. But I think that maybe you've been moving through some stuff. Maybe you've been wandering around some deserts. But this year, God's going to move you in. He's going to move you in to where he has been promising you. He's going to be taking you from where you have been moving through. Though it hasn't been the promise, it does have a purpose. Where he moves you through serves a purpose, but that doesn't make it the promise. But sometimes the, the purpose of the process works into the promise. He's moving you through what you've been through and into what he's promised you. Joshua chapter 1, it's a pivotal moment in the history of Israel. And uh, as we read, God's giving Joshua, their leader, he's giving them clear direction to move from where they are to where he is taking them. When we look at these verses 1 through 5, I think we can see, okay, they're moving somewhere. And you can think, oh man, that's nice. We've all moved before. Good for them. You know, bigger house, maybe better neighborhood, whatever. That's good for them. But this is way more significant. Than that, And if we're going to understand the significance of where God is telling him to go, not just the action I need you to move, but it's more about where I'm moving you to. If we're going to understand the significance of where God is moving them to, we need to understand the series of events that has brought them to where they are. And sometimes we need to understand the series of events that's brought somebody where they are to understand the significance of what they're celebrating. And I think this year, sometimes we can get lost in not celebrating something that we don't think is significant. But when you don't know the series of events from the past, what's brought somebody to where they are right now, we can celebrate things because they might be more significant than you think. Can we celebrate this year? 
we got to understand the series of events that have brought them to where they are. So when God gives you a promise, I want you to write this down, there's going to be a process. When God gives you a promise, there's going to be a process. The people have been through a process here. The name of the place they're moving to is called Canaan. But to the Israelites, and when you read through the Bible, Canaan is sometimes listed, but it's also referred to as the promised land. The promised land. And uh, for something to get the promised land title, there's got to be a backstory, right? I mean, I don't know of any place that's just called promised land in the middle of nowhere. If there's not a promise on it. It's a promised land. So there's a backstory here. And I want to give you um, a quick version of it. I'm going to go as quick as I can, but make it be as helpful as I can. Does that make sense? So I'm going to move fast. A lot of information. Some of you might know this. Some of you might not. But we're doing it anyways. So buckle up. Here we go. Now that I'm hydrated. Ready for the race. All right, 470 years. 470 years before Joshua chapter 1, there was a guy named Abram. Say Abram. He was 75 years old. He uh, had a wife that was barren. He possessed no land because God told him to leave it, and he had no kids, okay? 75-year-old man with a barren wife, no land, no kids. And God shows up to him in Genesis 12 and 15, and he tells him, Hey, 75-year-old man with a barren wife, no land, no kids, I'm going to make you a great nation. That means a lot of people. You have zero. I'm going to make you a great nation. And the land that they're going to possess is going to be a great land. So you have no land, but I'm going to make you possess a great land. And not only are you going to possess a great land, but there's a lot of big, scary people who currently occupy that land. But I'm going to give it to you. It's a crazy, crazy promise. He's going to change everything about Abram, including his name. He changes it to Abraham. 25 years after Abraham gets this promise, uh, he has a son. So 25, 25 years, 75 to 100 that's a lot in and of itself. He has a son named Isaac. I'm not going to get sidetracked. We're going to stay focused here. 25 years later, he has a son named Isaac. So God, um, you, you may have heard this story before. God asks Abraham, I know that this is your promise, but will you sacrifice it to me on the altar? And uh, he says, I want you to basically, will you, will you kill your son and trust me? Makes no sense, just like the promise makes no sense, but God was putting Abraham through a process. Somebody say, I'm in process. The things that make no sense, they're part of the process. Just because it doesn't make sense doesn't mean you need to know what sense it makes because you're part of the process. He needed to know, God needed to know that Moses would prioritize the promise that he couldn't see over the circumstances he could see. He's in a process. The last moment before the sacrifice happens, God provides a ram and spares Isaac's life. Uh, and that's encouraging to me. Many years later, Isaac, we're following Isaac, so Abraham, Isaac. Isaac has a son named Jacob. Jacob lives a very interesting life, to say the least. He uh, kind of does some very interesting things, makes some poor choices, lives a little bit crazy. He's uh, kind of an interesting fellow, so are there any interesting fellows in here? Anybody who ever made a crazy decision? Anybody who ever maybe went the wrong way, you know you should have gone, but you went, the, yeah. Okay, for the five of us who have done that, we can be encouraged by Jacob, because even in the crazy decision, Decisions, God was still taking him through a process. And even when the process gets crazy, the promise still stands. Tap your neighbor and say, your promise still stands. Your promise still stands. Jacob's name also gets changed. So his grandpa's name goes from Abram to Abraham. Jacob's name goes from Jacob to Israel. Somebody say Israel. Thus we have the nation of Israel. Jacob has 12 sons. And there's a very, very long story to this. 
So long story short, they end up in Egypt. They move to Egypt, him and his 12 sons, and now this nation that is happening, they get completely messed over by Pharaoh, the ruler of Egypt, and end up enslaved. Bummer. Long story, like I said. There's some details there, but that will suffice for us. But we got to stay focused on the fact that, okay, now they're moved, they're enslaved, but there's a process. There's a process to the promise. After being slaves for too long, God raises up a guy named Moses. Somebody say Moses. He says, Moses, I want you to go to Pharaoh and I want you to tell him something. Say it with me. Let my people go. So Moses goes to Pharaoh, says, let my, God says, let my people go. Pharaoh says no. So God says, well, that was the wrong answer. So he gives him <laughs> ten crazy plagues to break down Pharaoh, break down the nation of Egypt, and set Israel free. So no matter what's standing before you, God is still big enough. Even if you're still waiting for the breakthrough, he's coming, and he's going to be bigger than you thought. He's going to do things crazier than you thought. All right, I'm not going to get distracted. So he goes to Pharaoh. Ten plagues later, Pharaoh says, okay, I'll let your people go. And the Israelites are excited. They say, yay, we're free. And they walk out of Egypt. They end up in a wilderness, but at least it's not slavery anymore. Moses leads them out. But before going into the promised land, see, we're getting there. This is some backstory, but we're getting there. Before getting to the, the promised land, they come up to the border of the promised land, and Moses makes a decision. Moses is now their leader. And he says, uh, I'm going to send some guys in to spy out the land and let us know what we're getting into. He sends 12 spies to spy out the land. If you grew up in church, you know that 10 were bad and 2 were good. <laughs> 10 spies come back and they say, man, the land is awesome. God was right about that. But I don't know about these giants that are there. They got big walls. They've got lots of weapons. They're big and scary. We can't take this land. God doesn't know what he's talking about. Let's not do this. Let's not do this. Ten spies come back and say, it's a no-go. Two come back and say, yes, let's go. They say, yes, it is big, it is scary, but our God is good and he is bigger and stronger and gooder than all of those things. And I say, we go for it. When you get a promise that doesn't make sense and you're going through a prom process that doesn't make sense, well, you still look at God and say, I'm still going to go for it. Whatever the next step is, just go for it. Ten were bad, two were good. The nation of Israel, right on the doorstep of the promised land, they take the advice of the ten rather than the two. Sometimes it's not the loudest voices in your life that you need to listen to. The nation of Israel, right on the doorstep of the promised land, gets scared. They say, we don't want to go. Daddy, I don't want to go. I've been hearing that a lot lately at my house. So God tells them, if you don't want to go in, I'm not going to make you go in. So instead, you can wander the desert. So they wander the desert for 40 years. Everybody over the age of 20 who was going to inherit the promise, they die, and there's a new generation that's going to inherit the promise. Everybody over the age of 20 except two, the two good spies. And one of them had a name. His name was Joshua. See, all that made sense now. Joshua chapter 1. There's a backstory. They've been in a process, but now it's time to possess the promise. Enter Joshua chapter 1. It's a big backstory. There's a lot going on there, but you need to understand that the promise has a process. I want you to make sure you get that down. The promise has a process. Joshua 1 is 470 years after the initial promise to Abraham. That was the year uh, 1547. Do you know what happened in 1547? Of course you don't, because it was 470 years ago. And who remembers stuff that long? Sometimes it's going to take a while. 
But God's taking you through a process. So if your promise has a process, don't get discouraged because God is faithful and the promise still stands. If, it's you've, if you've been carrying it for a long time and you're just about to give up, it still stands. You just got to go for it. It still stands. It still stands. You also need to know. So you need to know, one, the promise has a process. Are you with me? Number two, the process, during the process, you may run into some problems. During the process, you may run into some problems. Sometimes us, us Christians do this. It's like if one thing goes wrong, it's like, oh, that's a closed door from the Lord. <laughs> it's like, no, maybe that's just the process. And during the process, you're going to run into some problems that you got to push through. All through the process of the people of Israel, there were problems. Situations went wrong. People did way wrong. Sin was everywhere. People were crazy. But the truth is you may have 99 problems, but the promise ain't one. Can somebody say amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. It's your process. If your process has some problems, don't get discouraged because the promise still stands. It's got a process. You're going to have some problems but it's time to possess the promise. I believe some of you have been going through a process, and along the way, I know for a fact we've all had our fair share of problems, but this year, it is time to possess the promise. It's time to possess the promise. It's time to move from where you've been to where God wants you to be, from who you've been to who God calls you to be, from the desert you've been living in to the promised land He wants to give you. Come on. From the bondage you've been living in to the freedom He paid to give you. From the life you've been living to the life He made for you to live. And the brokenness you've had to the healing He paid for. It's time to possess the promise. Let's move in this year and possess the promise. Somebody say amen. Amen, amen, amen. We're going to wrap up this week, point one, with a little bit of a practical. Because I know we're excited. And the band's going to come up, so I'm going to possess the promise. But the, the question may be asked, and this is very fair, what's my promise? What's my promise? When we talk about that, you're like, yeah, that's awesome. But like, what's a promise? How do I get one? I mean, I think it's a really fair question. How do I get a promise? Where do I find these promises? So are you ready for one more uh, P word? Yeah. P word, a word that's going to be very significant for you if you're looking for getting a promise. The word is proximity. Somebody say proximity. Proximity. This is important. Joshua got his promise from his proximity. He got his promise from his proximity. Promise from his proximity. Number one, he had proximity to God. Proximity to God. Joshua had been Moses' right-hand man for 40 years. How would you like that? The assistant for 40 years. And Moses used to go out to the tent. As Moses was leading the people, he would go out to this tent called the Tent of Meeting. And it's where he would meet with the presence of God. The Bible says he would meet with God face to face as a friend talks to a friend. That is awesome. So Moses would go out to the tent and Joshua would go with him. He couldn't go into the tent, but he would stand outside the tent because it was his duty to watch over the tent and make sure everything stayed cool. Exodus 33 tells us this. The Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friends. See, I told you. When Moses turned again into the camp, so when Moses was done meeting with God, his assistant Joshua said, oh, well, you might be done, but I'm not done. I got to get proximity to this God. I'm not, I'm not okay with everybody else having what they have. I want to have some of it too. 
I want to have some of the presence of God too. And his sister said, a young man, he's a young man, he would not depart from the tent. Hey, Joshua, come back. No. That's what that means. If he would not, somebody was probably trying to get him to. But he said, I'm, I got to have proximity. I got to have proximity to God. Because Joshua knew the people were carrying a promise, but Joshua wanted to know the one who made the promise. And if you want a promise, you got to start by getting to know the one who makes the promise. The first step to possessing the promise is getting close proximity to God. This year, you have got to do whatever it takes to get time with Jesus. You've got to do what it takes to set up rhythms in your life where you are getting alone with Jesus. And people are like, you don't have to do that. And you're like, I'm not moving. And people are saying, hey, but don't you think you should schedule something else in that time and be a whole lot more productive? I'm not going to depart from the tent. We got to get in the tent. You want to promise? Get proximity to God. Number two, proximity to God. Number, number two, sorry, one, proximity to God. Two, proximity to a people with a promise. Joshua, one, had proximity to God, but two, he had proximity to a people who had a promise. This is interesting to me because the promise that Joshua was told to go inherit wasn't personal to him. It was connected to the people he belonged to. The promise was a promise inherited by his proximity to the people he belonged to. The promise he got was a promise that had already been made. The promise he got was the promise given to a people. It wasn't just personal to him. And I think sometimes we can get really distracted. Maybe you know this. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you haven't. But you've been distracted maybe by trying to get so focused on what God's saying to me that you're missing what God's saying to us. And it's good enough. If God can say it to us, it's going to be bigger than what he's saying to you anyway. So let's get in with what God's saying to us. And what God's saying to you will become a whole lot more clear. It's not going to be pulling away where you get clear on your promise. It's going to be proximity to the people who have a promise where your promise is going to get context. Joshua, I need you to lead, but if you're going to lead, there's got to be people. And if there's going to be people that I'm leading them somewhere, i got to have a promise. So that's why you get the promise because it's for the people. Proximity to the people. You see, we got to understand that Joshua 29, 11, can we put that back up real quick? We're going to do both of those again right fast. Joshua 29, 11, or Jeremiah 29, 11, says, For I know the plans I have for you. And I think that's awesome to take for me. But what it means in the Bible is that you is plural. He says, I know, I have the, I know the plans I have for you, my people. Ephesians 2, 10, he says, For you, we, so we, not, not me, we, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus, that we should walk in those good works, right? We gotta understand in the Bible and, and in our lives, the, the Bible in the Bible the you is plural. And this year, if you want a promise, you gotta look yourself in the mirror and realize that you is plural. You is plural. You is plural. So what God wants to do in you isn't just for you. What God wants to do in us isn't just for us. And I want to encourage you to not just attend something this year. I want you to commit to some people. Commit to some people. Commit to some people in your life. If this is going to be the church that you run with, commit. Commit to it. You're going to inherit some promises over this church. You're going to inherit the promises of the people that you are in proximity to. Put in the work. Initiate relationship. Join a life group. Serve. Give it some time. Maybe not 470 years, hopefully. 
But we can do this. We can do this. We can do this. We can possess the promise. So whether or not I want to leave you with this, whether or not you have a personal promise this year or not, I want to encourage you to run with us. If you got no one else to run with, run with this church. Run with this church because we've got some promises. And they're awesome. They're not like everything. I'm, not, I'm, just, I'm just glad we have them. I'm just saying God's given us promises and we like it. And if you'll run with us this year, you're going to move in because we're moving in. We're moving in. Who's moving in? Yes, we're moving in. We're moving in this year. We're moving in to harvest this year. We're moving into harvest. God's promised us that uh, the, 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 the fields are ripe for harvest. And we're going to see the kingdom of God in our lives this year. We're going to harvest the kingdom of God in our life. We're going to see people who don't know Jesus give their lives to Jesus. We're going to see situations that aren't under the influence of the kingdom of God come under the influence. We're going to harvest this year. We're moving in to harvest and we're moving into influence. We're moving into influence because everything that we harvest is going to change the world around us because we're moving in to influence. And though it might look little at the time, just a little bit of leaven lifts the whole loaf. We're moving in to influence and we're moving into family. We're moving into family. So there's going to be harder relationships. You're going to have to get over more than you've gotten over before. You're going to have to forgive. You're going to make new friends. You're going to have to give it time, but we're moving in. We're moving in. We're moving in to family because we can't do it alone, and we need each other. Somebody say amen. Amen. Somebody say we're moving in. We're moving in. Go ahead and stand as we close this morning. We're going to end a little bit different. Uh, sometimes we have people over to the side to pray with you. We may still do that. We've still got about 30 seconds to decide. But if you're ready to move in this year, if you're ready to move into the promises you've been carrying, if you're ready to move out of the process and into the promise, if you're ready to move past the problems and move into the promise, if you're ready to move in this year, then I want you to take a, a step of faith right now. And I'm going to invite you. This may be totally weird for you, but it doesn't matter because I have a feeling you're not going to be by yourself. If you're ready to move in, I want you to take a step of faith and move to the front of the room right now. Just as an act to say, God, I'm in and I'm moving now. If you want to move in to what God has for you, it doesn't even have to be everybody, but it can be everybody. If you're ready to move this year, I want you to come up here. If you're in saying, God, we're, we're moving in. I'm moving in and we're moving in. We're going to sing the song together right here. We move up together because we're coming up to the line, just like they came up to the line. They came up to the line. They came up to the line, and they came together, and they said, okay, we've got an option. We've been spread out, but we can come together, and we can move in. We can move in this year. 2017 is going to be a year of moving in. Amen. 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 You might be here this morning. You might need to make your first move from living your own life to living life in Jesus first step to possessing the promise is you've got to give proximity to God. So I don't want to leave our time. I'm just going to ask you straight up. And if there's nobody, that's great. Is there anybody here? You knew you need to make your first step. We'll just do it as family. You need to make your first step of giving your life to Jesus for the first time. Or maybe you've been walking away for a while and you're saying, God, it's time for me to get rid of where I've been going and step back into what I know you called me to in the first place. Anybody need to come back to Jesus or, or give your life to Jesus for the first time? Amen. Keep your hands up. That's all right. Keep your hands up. That's all right. Okay. All right. Give them a hug if you're close to them and say we're moving in. Give them a hug and say we're moving in. We're moving in. That's awesome. Amen. 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 We're moving in. We're going to sing a song together right now.
We're moving in. We're moving in. We're going to do that song, Crowns, again. Because we're going to move into the promise. God says, I want you to have good success. I want your way to be prosperous. I want you to have wealth. But we got to remember our wealth is in the cross. Jesus, we love you. And we thank you for everybody here this morning. We thank you for your promise over us that we are moving in. Lord, we thank you for the process that we've been through. We thank you for even the problems that we've come across. And we look forward in faith to say, God, this year we're moving in. We're moving in in Jesus' name. So would you come, Holy Spirit, and do something mighty in us together as we move in in Jesus' name.